0: What's up redemption how you doing john Hendricks here as always for a brand new episode of our favorite podcast this week we've got episode number 64. finally this is one we tried to record last week we actually did record but due to some technical difficulties on my end we were not able to use that audio so we had to re-record it so hopefully you know the second time's the charm we brought mr tyler stevens on to join us Since we had to redo it, we were able to schedule him on with us to talk about the new set and kind of early impressions with that, and we hope you enjoy it. We'll get right into it. the ambience to start the podcast here all right guys welcome into a brand new episode of the Threshold 4 podcast this is going to be episode number 64 possibly we have recorded this episode one time before but here we are recording it again so how you doing Brad
1: having deja vu
0: deja vu yep except for this time <laughs> it's better because not only do we have Brad and myself on the podcast We've got someone lurking here, and that is Mr. Tyler Stevens. How you doing, Tyler? Hello,
2: hello. I'm doing well. Once again, thank you.
0: Yes, sir. Always fun to have you on the podcast. So, I guess we'll just jump right into it. And, uh, wait, wait, hopefully, wait, you wait, guys... wait.
1: Did you test the audio? Oh, oh should I <laughs> test the audio?
0: Can you guys hear me? Is my mic cutting out?
2: Is it recording? <laughs>
0: It's it's recording, I believe. I didn't hit the space bar, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> we all bring our mistakes in. So we'll just jump right into the recent news here, and we'll start talking about some content that's come out. The community is um, kind of in that after nationals period to where content is generally slower than than your average expected output for the week. But we have had some some content you've got. Mr. Rob M with Rob M studios doing a couple of videos showing off the K and L starter decks. And it's kind of been kind of like swept under the rug a little bit that starter decks have come out. Like everybody was excited about them, but then we had nationals and then we had, you know, IR come out and now people are looking forward to roots and it's like, Oh yeah, those starter decks are out. They're pretty awesome. Um, You know, there are, you know, the conversations out there about the, the big white borders, but Beyond that, I think the cards themselves and the way that the decks play are pretty well suited for what the current game is, and for new players, for a starting point. So it's nice to see that we're getting some video content with that from Mister Well I don't even want to ask you, Brad, because I know you have not watched the videos, <laughs> but <laughs> have you had a chance to check it out, Tyler?
2: Yeah, I have. I like watching Rob's. He does a you could. I like how he does a short. Like usually does shorts. This one's a little bit longer, and it's um. It's always clean, like he's got both sides of the board, he's got himself on there, and then he always does some some sort of text on there too. I just go on there and boom, I hit record on my stuff, but I don't even do that all the time, but he, he goes in there, he takes a lot of time on his videos, so I do appreciate it. Good job, Rob.
0: Yep, definitely want to uh, to shout those out, and again, starter decks are out. Make sure you go and support that. You can also purchase them on Amazon. But don't spam Amazon with your comment. Make sure you (laughs) buy it first and then review it. But we're all happy that the starter decks are out. Definitely looking forward to how that helps develop playgroups and things in this tournament season and kind of this period after nationals before the next, um, I guess, big part of the tournament season starts up. You know, there's a lot of playgroup building that happens here in the fall and winter months. So it'd be nice to see how those affect playgroup building. And then over at Land of Redemption, that's our, our boy Chad running that site, and there is quite a few pieces of content on there. You have a an article, You don't have the A, <laughs> you have an article on there from Luke Marshall detailing his tournament season, picking out the deck that he played at Nationals, and then kind of how that did at Nationals, and he came in fourth place, so he's a really good player. He had a really good read on the meta, so make sure you go and check that out if you're you know still wanting to get some content on kind of wrapping up last tournament season and see how the meta shook out i have not had a chance to read that i don't want to uh, assume that either of you have but i assume that there's going to be a lot of uh detailed accounts of games that he's played and how he shifted his deck throughout that working towards nationals looks usually pretty detailed and stuff like that
2: His his was really good it was a um it wasn't a game-by-game game breakdown, which I know people love those. I used to do them after Nats. I used to even try to take some notes right after games to come out with some good game reports. Um, I need to go on there and finish and just do – well, not even finish. I need to write my game report for this year. Uh, but Luke did a um, – it's like an intro, and then he goes into like prior to. And what I liked about his was it was a lot of people's same issue that you always see at Nats is – Crap! What am I doing? I need to build something, or I'm double, double, second, second guessing myself. So, um, that was a real good article from the perspective of, hey, I didn't double guess myself. I was about to stuck with what I knew and did really well.
0: Yeah, that sounds familiar. You had me build that, uh, (laughs) that (laughs) Tomb Raider, and I almost did it, but I went to, I just settled on, I'm going to play the fun deck. So, nice to see that uh, someone else had that those internal debates about whether they should flip last minute on something. But also with tournament season wrapping up and coming off of that, we've got people sharing a little bit more about decks that were kept kind of on the hush-hush. And one of those guys doing that is Chad, who is See the Tree. And he had an article come out for a deck he titled Black Widow, which Black Widow, it's not Matt's Widow. You're, you're okay, Matt. <laughs> it's just Black Widow because red and black. And that was one that he built for one of his playgroup members that was going to national. So he kept it kind of quiet. Another one is Valley girls. I have not had a chance to look at that one, but you did glance at it. You said Tyler.
2: Yeah. I looked over both of his. I love when Chad shares his decks, he has a certain flavor. As you can see all all, uh, competitive and top players, they kind of have a certain flavor to their decks. I I, honestly, everyone does. Um, So I like seeing when Chad gets out his decks, he's, He's going to have a game plan. He's going to have a specific build. You're going to see what he's thinking in his mind. He's a phenomenal deck builder, and you're going to see it art and form there. But uh, his are really good. They're always really good reads, too, because he's he's very detailed.
0: Yeah. I like how he sets his articles up, and it's like, okay, I had this idea. This is where it was. Something happened that shifted my focus with it, and this is how I adapted to it. And now how is how it stands currently. It's really, really inform informative for, you know, players that maybe aren't as well adapted at flowing with the meta changes. And it's kind of cool to see that from someone who is a uh, decent deck builder by all accounts. And then most accounts are he's a great deck builder, so there's a baseline of he's he's at least decent, but he's he's pretty good by most accounts as well. Mm-hmm. You know, eventually we'll get Brad Brad up there. But we got to get him out of Ruth first. <laughs> He's like, how am I going to get out of Ruth? They keep printing white. It's white in GLC, white in IR. I was just
1: about to say that. Look, man, they just came out with a whole new Old Testament white. So it's going to be hard to, uh, even if I don't play Ruth, it's going to be hard to get away from just the, um, the white offense.
0: Yeah, Brad's next deck is going to be titled Ruth in the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, – also on Land of Redemption, there is an article, it's part four of a series that's been ongoing with redemption from the perspective of a 60-year-old. This is part four. Now I make no, no jokes about people's age, but it is kind of cool to see a perspective that is different than mine and kind of comes from a different school of thought. And I think this one circles around some characters that I'm pretty fond of those being, you know, some Genesis characters. So I'm definitely going to have to go and check that one out. Um, I believe it, it's set up kind of like a devotional type thing. But that is on Land of Redemption as well. So Land of Redemption, really doing a good job here in the the lull or the dead period for content, putting out a couple of pieces. You know, that's going to bring us over to uh, this section called Tyler Talks. And we just so happen to have our own Tyler on here. And maybe we can get him to talk about, some deck builds that he's put out recently.
1: Uh, did you want me to like take on this section or?
0: I, I, I mean, <laughs> if you want. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll,
1: we'll, we'll let Tyler talk about this one. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I came out with all sorts of videos. I want to keep doing them, but there's so many different uh, variants to a lot of the, these decks that are being constructed right now or going on in my head. But uh, the first one was Welcome to the Wilderness. That's what I played at Nationals for Iron Man. I only played two games, but it was against two good people and it was two and O. Oh, so it it was very solid. I also liked the fact that was able to play just in front of other people. So there was just, Hey, IRs out. I accumulated as many of it, as many of the cards as I could put the deck together. I mean, it kind of helps having a background on the set and started playing, uh, Josh P and, and Jeremy and welcome to the wilderness is the video I did for that deck. And that's, um, wilderness offense wilderness defense and seeing all the new dominance um, the grind of how wilderness plays and how how quickly they can get their heroes and resources out and then what the defense can do to just annoy you the whole time Uh, so that was i was really excited to get that one out there and then patriarchs Prophets, and dominance oh my John, you're a little familiar. Let's with that go blue. Build. <laughs> you're familiar with that build. That's uh.
0: Oh, you gotta you gotta talk about beating me with it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's the regionals.
0: Now, granted, you did look at my deck and say I would take that out. I would take that. I'd put that in, and I played with your changes to my deck.
2: Well, sucker. So I
0: I would like to put that on the record. <laughs> <laughs> that's but fair. yes, I am a sucker.
2: Yeah, that's the, uh I I just. Pretty much took Jeremy's Nationals defense, put it with the deck I ran at Regionals, and now that Blue has new toys, all I did was take a couple of those toys, put them in with with the old deck, swapped up the defense a bit, and it runs very well. So I loved, loved putting that one kind of back out there. I just wanted to show a different take on Patriarchs that I already had ready to just kind of put out another video that's, um, in my opinion, a very competitive deck where a lot of people overlook it because it just wasn't goc and it might further get lost because oh it's not ir it's another build with patriarchs that's very good uh, and then the last one i did today is hide your souls uh, it was very similar to my wilderness build but what i did was i focused on the meek soul aspect with both burial and israel's rebellion the dominant and so you're constantly you're just gonna you get two massive blocks where just all all souls are gone but the wilderness offense is really good at soul gen. So underdeck all my meeks shuffle all souls and play. And I just pop, pop them right back out with my offense on your side. Uh, just have those two big dominants where you can really play a chump style defense and still have blocks in a chump, which is very scary. So yeah, I was, I was busy last week or two.
0: Definitely. Um, I remember talking to you last week when we were going to record and you were like, I have one video I'm thinking about putting out. Here we are a week later having to re-record this episode and you've got three videos out. <laughs> so I, I would say slow down, but don't slow down. Just keep keep getting to it and get to some of those blue builds that, that I know you got in there. I like the fact that you remember um, Chad, we were just talking about him and his ability at deck crafting and building. He had his deck, he called Blue's Clues. And he was like, for some of the weaknesses that Genesis has, like on the enhancement side, you can kind of leverage that with blending in green. And your deck is very similar to his in that approach. My favorite aspect of any of those decks, I think, is is how you leverage and seeing it firsthand is kind of annoying. But leverage the add to battle with Chariot of Fire. And I know you're big on that, so... How fun is that to play when when somebody thinks they've got you in a tight spot?
2: It's so good. I think people are just now remembering, I guess, how good Add to Battle is or they're learning. But, yeah, I mean, here, I'll band all my guys in, make you waste whatever you can. All right, yeah, looks like you win the battle. Chariot of Fire, I grab Elisha, and then I look at your hand, potential CBN, like, it's a discard enhancement from your, an evil enhancement from your deck. That is massive value for an Add to Battle and then I can play like a CBN two bears or something you're not really stopping that and guess what I not only do I get a second coming back but I get a second add to battle back so it's really strong um I want to make a uh an angel of god chariot of fire that's very easy to do with Moses being white green so I have ideas in my mind for where I want to go with that but yeah chariot of fire angel of god that's a that sounds fun
0: that definitely does being able to leverage those dominance early on is kind of the fad we've had recently, you know, speeding out, getting the dominance, but you're trying to use those dominance to almost kind of like, I guess you've been building this wilderness set, uh, or a set that included the wilderness stuff to where it's like resource, um, accumulation, but then just trying to win like the attrition war. And here you are now, you're like, I'm going to take the stuff that didn't come from that set and try to make it play that way, too.
2: Yep, I love so, it.
0: It, it. It's almost like it, it's soaked into your mindset.
2: It's true, and I love when the meta just continues to open because a lot of people, we've been in GOC. It's a phenomenal set. It's still going to be meta-relevant for a very long time, um, but at the same same time, you can make other decks with other sets. And uh, In the video today, I was talking about what's really cool is you have these other cards. Sure, you got a, a bunch of the defenses, Israel's Rebellion, and and some of the offense, like the heroes and stuff, but you look at there's pieces from all these different sets that come together to make this deck how I designed it.
0: Yeah, well, that's uh, quite a bit on deck building here in the middle of the news section. So once you build those decks, you know what you're going to want to do, right, Brad? You're going to want to play them. Play them play them more than more than a couple of times in the entire tournament season
1: <laughs> so i was just looking at uh entire your uh deck on youtube and uh chad's deck from black widow and stuff and honestly like those are the types of deck. i just look at the cards i'm like yeah this is definitely like a little bit more my style as far as like getting excited about playing them so um i like wait, that and I, I...
0: wait which one was your your style
1: both of them kind of are a little bit
0: the the wilderness and the and the Genesis one,
1: not the Genesis, the uh, the Valley Girls or whatever it was.
0: Oh, Chad's,
1: Chad's, yeah. No, I I I don't know that I could get on blue. I just like I know it's powerful. I just can't like I can't force myself to to build a blue deck yet.
0: Oh, that's fine. I I just I was hoping <laughs> I didn't catch at the beginning because I started reading on the outline here, but I was kind of hoping that you mentioned that you were into the wilderness so i could tell you that you were a grindy player with Tyler here to back me up <laughs>
1: oh i i am in on the wilderness i'm so
0: in on that's it. a that's a grindy playstyle <laughs> that is you all day long yeah. it's almost like Tyler went and built this set for you and me a little bit of blue yeah. to appease me a wilderness grindy set to uh theme to What's Help that What's that
1: say about the creator if, if you're calling the set grindy? You know? <laughs>
0: uh, he's, he's a little bit grindy too, I would mm. say. Got a little, <laughs> little background in that. Mm. A little background in the grind. <laughs> but hey,
1: I like the add to battle thing because then you could just grind it out even more and actually win faster. So, so you're grinding it, but you're winning faster. That's That's the goal.
0: Okay, as long as we're not bumping and grinding with our decks, I think we're good. (laughs) But (laughs) you get those those deck lists that are coming out. You build that deck. You want to test it out. Where do you test it out right now? You know, official tournaments are slow and slower going. They're not as, as frequent with local play groups and stuff, although some of them are still planning on jumping right into it. But if you want an avenue to play, you have these unofficial tournaments that we've talked about Ad nauseum, and I'm going to continue to keep talking about them because they're awesome for the game and the community to have, you know, an outlet to source, you know, deck ideas, test them out, and play against people that you're not used to playing so you get experience against various play styles. And these unofficial tournaments are awesome for that. So the first one being the Zoom Discord Invitational. That's just a reminder for people that are playing and just to give awareness to it. They are in series number 14. Fourteen. And that is in week four. Week four just started for them. So week four pairings are up and active there. And then we have the Lackey Grand Prix getting ready to run the 12th version of that unofficial tournament hosted by Jay Chambers. Zoom Discord is hosted by Rob M. But the Lackey Grand Prix number 12 has open signups now through September 3rd. So you've got time to take that deck list. You've got time to text Tyler and ask him, or DM him, blow him up on the Discord, whatever. Hey, how do I do this? What's the lines of play? Figure it all out, and then you're ready to go by September 3rd when the tournament should start. And it's going to be standard type 1 gameplay with Israel's Rebellion legal for Play, which that's a, a sounding alarm for the fact that IR is on Lackey if you've been living under a rock. So that is out there for you to go. If you haven't looked at the set, you can see it on Lackey. You can build decks with it. It is fully accessible now for you to get ready to rock and roll. So, Brad, big question. Jay told me to put you on the spot. Hmm. Are you playing in the Grand Prix?
1: Okay, so incoming excuse. (laughs) (laughs) No, check this out. So last week, whenever we recorded, but you know, couldn't use all that, you know, all that. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry, man. (laughs) 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 man. Media (laughs) that, that we had. Um, And uh, for the record, it wasn't on my end, but uh, (laughs) uh, that's my last one. But when we talked about the the Grand Prix, I actually wrote it down on my calendar that the sign-up due date was uh, September 3rd. So I have it on my calendar. Whether I'll sign up or not, that's still undecided, but it is there and I will. So what I don't want to do is sign up and then not play, Um, you know, get the games in each week. But if I think I can get the games in, I'm 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 all in. I just need a deck from Tyler, and then I will definitely be in.
0: He's got three of them out there. No, I, Ruth. I'm going
1: to – Yeah.
0: <laughs> Look, Ruth, Ruth is not in the wild just yet. <laughs> how about
1: this? I'll take your um, Into the Wild deck, or what was that called? Welcome <laughs> to, to the Wild – wild. Wilderness. <laughs> Welcome to the Wilderness. I'll slap uh, David Hart after God in there, and we'll be good. <laughs> You're
2: good. That'll work.
1: He gets all that Old Testament stuff, so
0: David in the wilderness.
1: <laughs> David in the wilderness, there.
0: yeah. Okay, I guess whatever it takes to get you to play, Brad. And he
1: did. He he ran from King Saul for a while, so I guess you could say he was in
0: the wilderness. You know, this is what we call a deflection. You know, because I don't think I'm gonna have time. So instead of having pressure on me, I deflected it to you. So I appreciate you standing in the gap there.
1: <laughs> you you're not planning on playing?
0: I, I don't think so. Man, time is... How about this? Is, if, I, uh, if I play, tight. you play. If you play, I play. Um, if we get... Let's see. What is today's date? The 28th. So this will be out by the 30th. <laughs> Plus two, uh, John. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, I'm also thinking in my head about about a realistic number. If we get the podcast streamed or listened to at least 100 times by then, I'll play. How about that? Okay. Is that fair? Oh. That's a that's a goal. So all you got to do is listen to the podcast, tell your friends to listen to it, and maybe you can force me into play.
1: Well, you didn't say unique listen, so I'm just going to put it on repeat.
0: <laughs> it doesn't count that, actually. So I appreciate that, though.
1: I'll have a ticker.
0: nice Um, but in addition to those unofficial tournaments there's also one more and I do have a a clip that I'm going to play here from Mr. Jared Strauss who is him on discord and this is for the tournament that's going to be called him's house of highlights and this is going to be a bi-weekly casual Friday night tournament over discord and so you'll be playing with physical cards and it's to kind of give a Friday Night Magic-type feel to a casual tournament. You know, another outlet for people to play decks that aren't necessarily the super competitive decks but are the fun deck or they want to try something out that they haven't played before. But I do have that clip. I'm going to play it for you guys now. And, Tyler, Brad's already heard it, so you listen to it, and then you tell me if there's any questions right. that you would have as an innocent bystander.
3: Hello everybody, Him here. I am on the Threshing Floor podcast to let everybody know about the Him House of Highlights tournament series that I'll be hosting. This is an online webcam bi-weekly tournament that'll be at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time for people to be able to play on the Redemption Discord. It's got its own category called Hymn's House of Highlights. You just have to scroll all the way down. And under the channel sign-up is where you would go in to be able to put your sign-ups for it. That's also where we're going to be playing the games. Under that category, if you look, there are voice channels. And then they are numbered by tables. And those tables are where we'll be playing the games. If you don't know how to play webcam games, don't worry. There are some guides on the how-to under the Zoom desk. And I've also put some under the tournament chat so people have the ability to learn how we're gonna run things, and then we'll kinda jump off and start playing. The goal of this tournament series is just to create a FM style of feel where people can come and play casual or competitive type 1 games. This tournament series in August will be running Israel's Rebellion and Israel's Deliverance. Pretty much until they are legal for sanctioned play. This is an unsanctioned tournament. There are no prizes so far. I might be providing my own prizes for it. Just for promotion. But realistically, this is just to allow people to play. I will also be recording the games to put online. If you're either playing against me or on table one, when we have odd numbers, I'll be sitting out. So come in, join, have fun. It's not anything to be scared of. I think if you're interested in playing games of redemption, you should definitely just jump in. Jay Chambers might be running a tournament as well on Fridays. His and my tournament will be running in tandem with each other to create a weekly tournament every Friday for redemption. But more information on that from Jay himself. So ask him if you're interested. That's it for me. Have a wonderful day. Cheers.
0: So that's Jared talking about the HEMS House of Highlight tournament that will be happening every other Friday. Uh, Since we set that up and did that fancy little recording. Hopefully you guys thought that was decent quality there and you could you could understand it well. But I believe Jay is no longer able to do his due to scheduling conflicts and maybe Jared is going to do his every Friday that he's available now instead of biweekly. But I'm not 100% sure. But I do know those are the details for Jared's tournaments as they currently stand. So you got any questions after listening to that?
2: No, I mean all the info was there, so it made made sense. Um, yeah, I'll just have to go check Discord for all the all the details, but it seems easy enough.
0: Yeah, and I believe based on scheduling, he had his first one, and then he was off last week. So, I believe the next one would be this coming Friday. So make make sure you guys reach out to him, and you know let him know if you want to play. And if you scroll down on the Discord, you will actually see house of highlights and that is a channel and there's rooms in there and that's actually where you'll get paired off to play the games and again it's a webcam tournament so you will be playing with physical cards but that's yet another avenue for you to take these cool decks and to test out all these new cards in the card pool because there is a ton of things hitting the card pool all at one time which is fantastic i know i've only been around redemption for a few years now but Have you ever seen anything like the amount of cards that are dropping into the card pool, Tyler?
2: No, I never had. The um, Priest was a massive set back in the day. I I mean, that's it. That's that's all I can even remember was Priest being a large set. We have the starter deck, which even though it came out last year, I mean, it wasn't official, or it wasn't legal, so the starter deck came out, and then IR comes out and we're getting roots and we just got a ton of promos and fundraiser like it's 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 all levels too it's not just a slew of cards to follow the biggest set that's ever come out and arguably not even arguably i think the highest power level set so then you follow that up with all different levels from literally starter decks to promos to fundraiser. watered down
0: ir set <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. we'll We'll talk about we'll talk about that in the main topic here in a little bit. But I just wanted to throw a little bit of shade at you. <laughs> you come off that power level. You have all these cards. Uh, <laughs> you set me up. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> I don't mind at all. Yeah, yeah. Just different different levels all coming in, and then and then what? Few few months out. Two months out. Three months out for roots. Like here's another 224.
0: Yeah, that sounds right. And you know Brad's gonna put some roots cards in his Ruth deck, and then it's gonna be roots and Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> or he's gonna really name it the roots of Jesse. <laughs> hey, mm. there you go. That's pretty good. Ooh. There you go.
1: That, that should be my um, my Discord name, so I can change it from Brad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: roots, roots and Jesse. Of Jesse. Uh, okay. So another thing to give an update on is the fundraiser that is ongoing. I know we talked about it a lot when we were funding roots and now that roots is fully funded we are still doing a smaller uh goal of six thousand dollars and that is for you guys to be able to receive your cards from goc and ir in packaging that is not persecuted church with a sticker on it Hmm. and i'm not trying to to knock Rob for being resourceful. It's kind of cool that he's been able to save money in order to bring us, you know, cards that don't have the added cost of packaging built into the price to raise the price of the cards. That's all well and good. But now we have an opportunity to fund this and actually get product that looks good. And I think the biggest thing about the game right now is trying to make it appealing for new players. New starter decks are appealing. They've got great packaging. And then you get the new st- you know, the new set, the expansion set, and it's a box, and then you open the box up, and they're in other set packaging with a sticker on it. Not really the cleanest presentation, but we get a chance to clean that up by raising money for this, so you can go and purchase all of the fundraiser items that you've seen people talk about, share pictures of, all of those. There's a couple of new options for this fundraiser, which are inspired by Roots, and we're currently sitting at $3,802 dollars unless there's been an update since, but I'm not sure that there has. And the goal is $6,000, so we're almost there. We're closing in on $4,000 roughly and $2,000 to go. And assuming that the elders have been accurate with stating that the fundraiser will at least be open through the end of the year, I don't see any reason that we're not going to get there. It's just kind of a slow burn with everybody having pushed for the first goal of $18,000. So it's kind of slow moving, but just want everyone to be aware that that is still there. So go and check out the website. It's in the announcements and I believe, I believe you might can also access it from actually, no, you cannot. I don't believe. Is it on the landing page?
2: No, the fundraiser, I don't think it's on the landing page, but there is a oh, key okay. point about um the fundraiser. So it if it was just like hey here's new packaging for GOC and IR it's like hey not only do we want you to fundraise but we want you to fundraise something that theoretically you already purchased like that that wouldn't be a good approach so what the the whole purpose of the fundraiser for new packaging is for rob to be able to sell on eBay and Amazon and in stores so with the old packaging you can't legally sell in stores because they don't know how to either like obtain it or market it, whatever they can, because the, like the ISBN doesn't necessarily match so that they can't sell it in their stores. So with the new, you'll see on Amazon, that's why Israel's Deliverance is on Amazon. They have their own packaging. So the barcode matches the product. So with GOC and IR, the barcode will match the product and now you'll have GOC and IR going to Amazon and other large um, large retailers and online
0: oh that's awesome i was not aware that that was a driving factor for it so that's really cool yeah and it, it kind of shows rob rob's direction of trying to get these things out to a newer audi uh, a new audience through bigger retailers like amazon and whatnot which is really cool and again pushes the focus of we're trying to get new players put the product in new players hands we want it to look good look nice And in part of doing that is also, I've got this title here, Stick the Landing, because I I don't know what else to call this except for, you know, like a small miracle, but the QR code now no longer takes you to a a post on the forums, on the boards, and it takes you to a nice clean landing page on um, Rob's website, Cactus Game Design, and it's basically like a PDF style. It's got links. It looks really clean. And short of having a you know a website that all traffic is generated to that's just redemption like redemption ccg redemption com, this is kind of the next best thing and it's really cool to to see all the the different links they're clean and included with that is a k and l quick start guide which is awesome i knew you guys were working on this but you kind of out of nowhere you actually shared the news the other day you texted me it was like hey Just keep an eye on that uh, announcement channel.
2: (laughs) Insider info.
0: I had no idea what it was, and I was like, oh, snap, is it a new website? And it's not, but it's really close to it when it comes to being able to share the game with someone and not want them to just get bogged down with trying to find information. So I'm really excited about that. I think it's one of the most important, you know, updates or changes to the game. And I know that you looked at it, Brad, when we recorded this episode the first time, not to keep beating that dead horse, but yes, it looks awesome. So what what are your thoughts on that, looking at it?
1: Yeah. So I think first impression, like when I first uh, clicked on it, first of all, I was kind of like, man, where was this when we first started? <laughs> because it have been so much better. 'Cause we didn't have a whole lot of direction or people to really help us. Um, Derek did a good job when he had time, but you know, we could only buck him so much. But um, like having something like this just to start out with and be able to say, Hey, here's the starter decks, here's how all this works, some general rules. You're not looking at a hundred and fifty page rule book. You're looking at a you know, essentially about an eight or nine page uh guide here. I think it's a huge step in the right direction uh for getting onboarding new players.
0: I really like the fact that it's kind of it feels like a mini reg plus the glossary of terms that's in the uh on the back end of it, so you have like all these rules and and whatever and how things work, and then you have the glossary of terms and it's just so much, but this is broken down to only the things that apply to the new starter decks um and then you've got links for all kinds of other things it looks really good. I know that you were, Tyler, you were involved with doing the um, the square code, barcode, mm-hmm. and setting up that initially. So I'm guessing you had a little bit of of work, got your hands dirty on this a little bit. So what was your role in doing that?
2: So when I set up the QR code originally, that was a, a dream I had for a long time. Uh, it was a... I, I wanted to do a QR code before I was an elder. Um, It, it was just... Kind of everything worked out in my life to where I finally had some time opened up. And then making the QR code, I took all time to research to see what was the best way to do it. So we have the URL to where we could always change it. And that was really important for me to get the right one. So one, I could pull data metrics off the QR code. And two, I can um, always, ch- and I shared the information out with, with the elder team and Rob. We could always change the URL to go somewhere else. So it was always going to go to the forums for the start with bigger plans in mind and we talked about a quick start guide and it's not just the fact i mean when you all see the cards it's like wow we are getting all these new cards that takes months and months to do and then we don't just have new cards we have the qsg um changed up the landing page for the P, like to have the PDF so that it's, it's more work. Um, we're doing even more on the back end to where we have more stuff coming out. It's really exciting. So there's a lot of content in general. For the QSG, uh, we had the idea for it a while back, and then um, we were just really busy with testing, and Joe Schaefer uh, stepped up and said, hey, he's got, and kind of we're like, hey, you know, you're a teacher. Let's, let's use our strengths here. Um, and Joe stepped up and, and knocked it out the park, laid out um, a lot of the content. And, I mean, I just went in and gave comments. That was it. Read over it, gave comments. Uh, that was about it on my end. And then it kind of went stale for a little bit as so many massive projects were happening leading up to Nationals. As pretty much soon as Nationals was done, it was like, all right, let's hit the ground running again. Gabe jumped in and started knocking out some graphics and Marcus actually came in and pieced all this together. I felt like too, so really big on them three on um, just how much work they did on the QSG. Uh the PDF Gabe took and put on or Gabe took the PDF for the QR code and pieced that together. So, work was distri- distributed everywhere, which made it very nice because we are already playtesting the next set. So that was already sent out and just about sent out to play testers. But we're on version two of the document and we're having a great time. So it's we are way ahead on the new set, working on some more documentation and updating the reg and the order. and Everyone's just doing a lot of work on the back end.
0: Yeah, well, for all the work that has gone into this point, for kind of the vision that you guys have, uh, have shared that, we're trying to clean the the wording of the game up, clean the interactions up, clean the card design up to where cards aren't doing too much to where they're confusing. Just everything simplifying it, new starter decks, this new landing page, potentially new packaging. All of this coming together just to make it a, a cool product for us to share with people and bring new players in. So it it's really cool to start seeing the fruits of you guys' labor. I know that. I I couldn't imagine all the hours from each individual, and then you compound that for the whole group. So, we're going to uh, take a moment here and celebrate you guys. Here, have you have yourself a cheer on the podcast? There you go. <laughs> Congratulations, guys! Take a bow. We know John Early did all the work. <laughs>
2: John's been killing it on this set.
0: Whew. Oh, has he? Yeah. I'll have I'll have to DM him.
2: I, I forgot. <laughs> I think I was gone for a weekend or something. I don't know. Probably on vacation. But I was gone for a weekend, and
0: one of I, your many vacations.
2: Yeah, one of them. And I came <laughs> back, and I think I came back to eighty something comments on the document that I had to go in. And then we're we're doing weekly calls right now to shore up documentation. And um, John and I are staying on to do graphics and. The team's attacking the document in a good way to... The, this, this is all the new set. We're attacking it and putting graphics together and, and wording, and everyone's in there. It's, it's exciting. So we're going to have the, all the legwork up front. And the thing is, all this other content coming out and all these new cards, really before we get the packaging, we want to have, like Brad said, where was this when I joined? I don't want that again for a player i don't ever want to hear that from a player moving forward there should be everything lined up for them to where when they they buy redemption they scan the qr code here's a clean looking product one they bought a clean looking product they scan the code here's everything and they learn how to get connected in um, into the game because this new packaging should be bringing in people from all over the place and our numbers should be going up so we want to have documentation done before um we start reaching even more people
0: yeah
1: i think even from like a teaching standpoint is i think a, a lot of us that play the game love to share the game or if, if they can't they have people to share it with i think the easiest way to get somebody into the game is to get them to play a starter deck you know that that, that is the, kind of the initial push in but we were talking a little bit last week about you know our experience at the like the royal rangers you know trying to trying to share redemption in like a short window of time with little kids, not little kids, but like, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, somewhere around that age with like, Hey man, you got only so much time to capture their attention and to help them to understand this complex game to pull them in. And it felt impossible. Like, you know, not, not trying to say anything negative about the, the IJ and stuff, but it it has been a long time since that came out. But with this new starter deck, it's like, is simple enough, but complex uh, enough to keep people engaged. But it's simple enough to understand. It's like you said, we have these guides out. I can put a, I can put that document in front of them on their phone or print it out, and they can just look at it and say, "Oh man, okay, I can see where this lines up with this, and this is answering my questions." I would be much more motivated to um, to try to show somebody the game with what we have now than even just a like a year or two ago. So I, I I say definitely congrats. I think we're definitely going in the right direction uh, when it comes to like bringing new people into the game.
0: It's always good to, uh, to see the, the work that they're putting in with that goal in mind, because they, you guys told us the goal a while back. I don't know when it first was shared, but I mean, that was the whole point of rotation as well is just to clean the game up and give it a, you know, a, a easier jumping in point for people instead of having that massive card pool with all those difficult worded cards or things that had crazy erratas. And here we are, just fast forward a couple of years, and it's like you're starting to actually see it, and it's like we're, we're getting close. The finish line is still ahead of us. we still got some work to do to get there as a community and as a game, but you can see it, and it's really cool. To, you know, it's almost like we've come into that part of the track where fans are cheering. They don't know who, who's going to win or whatever, but the crowd's there at the end to see that final run towards it. And it's like we're in that final run. We're starting that that phase now and getting packaging with, with that QR code, with the new landing page. Oh, that's going to be really nice when it happens.
1: Now, there, there are a couple of areas, even on that landing page, that we could improve a few things. We.
2: You going to work on it? <laughs> we. <laughs>
1: I'm still trying to figure out if I can get on Lackey <laughs> but, uh, next week. But uh, I say we, you know, because it makes me feel better. If I just said, like, man, y'all need to get this going, <laughs> that didn't, that's not the pastoral answer, you know?
2: We don't get our feelings hurt. I need feedback. Um, Jay was giving me feedback. Jay and I are close. He was giving me feedback, and it's, it doesn't hurt my feelings. Um, Jay,
0: Jay will always give you feedback.
2: Jay will always give you feedback. So, like, if, if there's stuff on your mind, or it's like, hey, I don't, now there's a difference in just being like, hey, this sucks. It can be better. And there's a difference of being like, hey, I love what I'm seeing. I think this could improve this way. There's two different ways of saying stuff. Um, I still won't mind if you, if you just come at me and say, hey, this sucks. This can improve. I might be like, all right, well, you don't know how to talk to people. Um, but I'm still going to hear that <laughs> opinion. Like, I'll still yeah. see it. So definitely bring, bring whoever. I feel like all the elders are very open. Bring, bring any information to them to make. It's, it's our product. Now, if you keep bringing ideas, we're gonna ask you to do some of the work, but um, ideas are good, so keep them coming.
0: Yeah, I think I I reached out to you when it was first when it first went live and mentioned where you click on to view the reg, and then it takes you to the download page. And I I believe you said that was something that unfortunately couldn't change right now because of the way the cactus website is. Correct. But. You know, I I, I hope I approached that the correct way. I was like, hey, I'm I'm really digging this, but hey, this yeah. one little thing doesn't make sense. Yep. Um, or could be better. But is that is that how Jay? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jay's like, this sucks, and if it was me, I would have done it this way. <laughs> he's
2: he's bold on his opinion, good or bad. Um, I'm I'm not for the right or wrong, so yeah. I love hearing it.
0: So. I guess we'll get ready to uh, transition into our main topic here, which is going to be talking about the early impressions of the new set, Israel's Rebellion. But um, as we transition into that, definitely want to make it known for you guys that the podcast is sponsored by Covenant Games. So make sure you go and check them out if you want to see the results from Nationals. All that is posted now. You can go into the museum page and then you can find this year's Nationals, find all the results hit the shop, buy a couple of items, buy out some of that old stuff so that we can get John to buy some new stuff. And um, if you're looking for Israel's rebellion at Covenant, you won't find it, unfortunately, because John is waiting for them to be packed with roots in order to uh, stock up on them. So be on the lookout for that in a couple of months. I know that Nationals Rob mentioned that IR was going to be out sometime in October. I don't know if that time frame has changed or not but at least at nationals that's what was mentioned but with that we will jump right into talking about tyler's baby His his little baby child has grown up <laughs> it has entered the world the the adult world here to be reviewed by all those people that will say that it just sucks <laughs> but early impressions for for me uh i'll give you mine and then, and then Brad, you can you can go. Tyler, you, you have impressions because you were there at the inception of the idea all the way to now. Yep. Um uh, so I guess your your early impression is really your late impression. But my first impression was, Okay, we'll we'll just go ahead cat out of the bag. It's got fat borders. Okay, let's just go ahead and let's just go ahead and say that. It's got big borders. We know that if you get past that there also is the new printer having a new card quality or card stock. The cards are slightly thinner, and they have this coating that's more like playing cards. And when you handle the cards, they do feel a little bit, I don't know, like more, more like they're, they're ready to withstand finger oils and things and uh, I guess... I feel like you could probably smudge them up and then wipe them clean a little bit better than you can the the ones without the coating now. But also the fact that it seems like the printer did a really good job centering them up for the most part. And the cuts are really clean compared to the printer that we were using. Which, not to knock them, but you know, you would get some cards that were off-centered or had some some rough cuts every now and then. And all of the ones that I've handled from IR. And I did buy three boxes at nationals of it. So those are all pretty, pretty well um, centered and then good cuts. And so from just the actual physical card product, I think it's a, it's, it's solid, but I know that people's mind is immediately going to go to these have fat white borders. Why are they, (laughs) they fat white borders. And we've talked about that. And that was just, you know, an oversight from using a new printer that increased the bleed area. So it ended up making almost double the, the amount of white space or whatever. But once you get beyond that and you start reading some card abilities, you start looking at them, you get the layout of, okay, this card is blue. So the border on this card is blue. I didn't think that I was going to like that or appreciate that initially because I thought, okay, this card is going to look super basic. But you guys did a really good job with the design of that to where I'm looking at a blue card right now in my hand. I'm looking at Ruben, the preeminent. And it's got a a light blue at the top, transitions to a dark blue um, as the frame moves down, the identifier line being in a bubble now so that you uh, you see it really well and you don't have to. Uh, there was a few cards I I've noticed in the last couple of sets where the identifier line over a certain color of the artwork had to have like a black masking behind it so that you would be able to actually read the wording. You don't really have that problem if you're using the bubble here. You've got the black behind the verse, which is really cool. And then you've got the set down at the bottom set icon. And then you have all of the uh, illustration credits. But also now there is a stamp that says, copyright cactus game design incorporated and has the date that the set came out and um that looks really cool it makes the bottom look a little busy but not too bad so that's a super in-depth look at the actual bare bones of the cards um, without looking at the actual abilities and i really like all of that what do you think brad you got any anything you want to add there on your initial impressions of the cards or the the set as a whole if you want i went that direction but you can go wherever you want
1: So first I couldn't help thinking about you asking the spirit to lead you where the cards are without borders, but,
0: um, please um, please do so. I will go there. (laughs) Full art cards, no borders. I am good.
1: I just had oceans playing in my head the whole time. But, um, so I, I, I definitely agree with what you said about the, like the, the background of the card initially, Whenever they were talking about it, I was like, oh, man, this is going to make it, like, kind of bland and boring, you know?
0: Yeah. My initial thought was I thought it was going to look like an Uno card almost to where it's like it's (laughs) trying too much to force it down.
1: But, no, actually, I really like it, especially, like, when it's all laid out. If you got the same kind of style of defense, like you're playing all green or whatever, pale green, all your cards are pale green. They all look the same. Man, it's going to look – that's going to be good. I like that. Uh, even the split um, enhancements and all that stuff. I think that we can officially say goodbye to Teal now. Um, I know that Teal is still legal in rotation, but now that we have an Old Testament set uh, where like the the Tabernacle priests and all that stuff are clay, we can officially say goodbye. A couple other things I really like um, that have kind of bothered me, not really much, but like when I first started playing, was the Dominants and the colors of them because they look like they're all the Brigades. Um, like on the lamb and as well as the, uh, fortresses. So I'm like super glad that y'all changed that. Um, they look good. So little things like that, like it doesn't look like brigades anymore, uh, which was super confusing even for like more advanced players sometimes, uh, when you're trying to add up brigades or whatever. So I uh, think the only thing you didn't mention, or I could be wrong was, uh, the scripture is uh like got a dark background now it's, it's different in the box
0: yeah i mentioned i mentioned cool. that
1: okay well i i, yeah. I checked out then uh. <laughs> <laughs> thanks thanks to
0: know you're listening but yeah, i really like it also with the fact that all of these verses are white there was a couple of uh g o c cards that um that had or no not g o c cards or maybe it's promo cards somewhere i've seen where it's got the uh you know like Jesus's words in red. Maybe it's it's like this on harvest. And it's it's red. I'm not super big fan of that one because I I think I get the point of adding the the black is to make it contrast so that you can see it a little bit better. Um and it draws attention to it, but then I think people that are going to struggle to see it, if you change it to red over black, they're going to struggle even more to see it. So I, I get that that's kind of just an unfortunate consequence of making the decision to do that and put the black text box back there. But it is one thing that I, I think about with that. So from the actual cards and going to a new printer, you know, we, we switched for the starter decks and now this first set that's come out, Tyler, what are your impressions from the elder side of the the print quality from the new printer and things like that?
2: Yeah, I, I love the uh border matching the brigade of the card. Um, as for the quality, I love it. I like the feel of the card. Um, it it feels like a higher quality. Um the big borders, there I mean, we did all the proofs, there was no way we would have known that. It's a new new printer. Um we learned and now we know what to tell them to go over the bleed space. So that's been caught for roots, but um yeah, big borders. I thought the I thought it was going to be so much worse. When I saw it I was like, "Oh, okay, that's not that bad." Putting the year down there, that was a big decision as uh being able to kind of say like there's a set, but it's really cool now you know when a card came out. Now you know when that promo came out, you know in that set. There's times where it's like I've been playing this game for a long time. I'm like, "Man, when did when did txp when did the thesaurus expertarius or whatever when did that set come out i don't remember so it's cool i like the i like the changes if if i'm critical the only thing is that with the um brigades and the border matching you really have to make sure your art is either different or you have to differentiate your card cuz there's some that just oh which card is this oh which son of jacob am i grabbing you know so you want to make sure Okay, nothing's too, too similar, or you can just think you have the wrong card. Um, That's something we saw during uh, graphics, while doing graphics.
0: I hadn't thought about that yet, actually. And now that you bring it up, I'm like, oh, yeah, going through my head. I'm going to, when I start building decks with the physical cards, because right now it's kind of just theory crafting things in my head and whatnot, but I could see what you're saying about the, the different artwork especially since you guys found this uh, great Mongolian or whatever art for the <laughs> Sons of Jacob to where they all look like they're the same artist and same style painting uh, that's used for each of the characters. So you you guys didn't make that super easy on us in the the style of the art, but I have not noticed a, a significant issue, but I could see that, that coming up for some people right now. The
2: So artwork's tough. Like I've been looking for art on this next set. It is tough to find because you got to find the right quality, the right resolution, and it has to be public domain. And then what are you searching by? Like you're searching by scripture and you're trying to describe the time frame and the, the people in the Bible. There's just simply not a ton of art on everything, especially if it's not a big moment in the Bible. So if you look at, yeah, I can go, I can show you a dozen images on Joseph and, and color code and Joseph being sold into slavery. Can I show you any of his brothers? Probably not. Um, So this one artist did all 12. I'm a big fan of a theme also having the same feel from a graphic perspective. So yes, they look a little Mongolian, but at the same time, it was the same look and all 12 and man, trying to find art for 12 Sonja Jacob. That's a daunting task.
0: I'm definitely not going to knock you on it. I just you know, got to throw a rib shot at oh, every yeah. now and then, <laughs> or I would not be me. <laughs> yep. But I guess what what have you heard? Because um, I know you've heard a little bit here. I think you mentioned it at nationals that you had heard, and I jabbed at you earlier with the phrase the water down set. I know that there's some community. um, I guess expectations of what the set was going to be and then seeing the set. And there's some people where it's what they expected, hearing everything. And then some people are having an adjustment period to, well, we kind of told you this, we're going to have to tone it down a little bit. And this is what the set bears. And a lot of people are having to process that or adjust that. And so you get a a, a wide um, range of, kind of reviews on this in the early part here before we actually start seeing a lot of gameplay with people crafting unique decks and then playing against other unique decks. But early community perception, what have you heard from the community and uh, how, how do you feel about how the community, do you think it's going to end up being a transition to a mostly positive, or do you think it's going to kind of be, you have some people that love it, some people that hate it type of thing.
2: No, I think it'll mostly be positive. Um, if, if we keep making sets at where they were at from a power wise, like, I love this community. Uh, usually, people that do complain, it's going to be, that's what you're going to hear. Um, that, or it's what people are going to remember, you know. But bad news travels fast, or good news travels fast, bad news travels faster, kind of thing. So, you're, you're going to hear the complaints, they're going to come out, or that negativity is going to start spreading, and it's like, all of a sudden people start forming more opinions. Like I just told you about the artwork looking like the same thing and you were like, oh, I didn't notice that. <laughs> like your opinion can change. When it but comes now to I do and I'm mad about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Bangs on desk. <laughs> <laughs> so from a, um, th- I say, I've, I've said this for a long time about the community lagging from a competitive standpoint. Uh, I think we're slowly picking it up. But yeah, I, I know the set's good. I know the set's strong. I don't need to be biased in any sort of way. I can say, oh, yeah, that's, st- yeah, stuff isn't as strong, but where's like, I'll say, particularly where Sons of Jacob were, like, they were way too good. So, what happens if I don't want to come on and be like, oh, this, it's my, it's my first set where I'm, I'm really doing a lot of the lead design. I don't want to just, I got to make it something amazing. No, I want to make it something great for the community. And even if that's not, What GOC was, that that still means it's good for the community. Because the amount, I mean, we just had to implement the one territory class enhancement. Like, games were getting out of control. How many games still are timing at uh, nationals where people were talking about there's a timing issue? Well, the other thing was people don't really understand GOC. So, no matter what, you're going to have pros and cons. Um, I think people are going to love the set. And I think they're just going to have to, like, remember when post-exilics came out for LOC? Mm-hmm. No one played them. It wasn't until Jaden was like, hey, these guys are kind of good.
0: Yeah. There's ends gonna up, be a little ends bit up winning nationals with them. A <laughs> <laughs> yep. couple years later.
2: Mm-hmm. There'll be a little bit of um, a transition, but it's going to be a little bit more difficult to deck build a certain themes. Because um, it's not just right in your face. We always said disciples were cookie cutter, even playtesting in GOC. Disciples were cookie cutter. Well, they just won Nats, but at the same time, it was a variant with a bunch of other stuff. Um, so it's just a matter of finding those themes and piecing everything together.
0: Yeah. So one thing you mentioned there was having to tone it down for the power level. And I think that's where. So you have two different, two different levels of reviewing the, the new set, especially here in the, this early period, is people are looking at the cards. So they're seeing them for the first time in hands, and now they're looking at the design elements, the artwork choices, things like that. You know, the aesthetics of this is the cards for the new set, or these are the cards for the new set. But then you also have, when you drop down and you read that ability and how these themes play, and so you're, it's almost like you, you, you're looking at it two different ways. Um, and we've talked a little bit about the aesthetics and the comparisons to previous things. And those are, those are things where everybody's going to have an opinion. And some people are going to absolutely love all the, all the new design elements. And then some people are going to, you know, have a couple that maybe they, they don't jive with. But where everyone's really focused is the abilities of these cards. The themes, what the themes do, and things that you have known for a while, you know, being on the back end of, of helping create the set running lead design and seeing all the change of the set. So like you say, Sons of Jacob used to be really strong. Um, So it got toned down to land where it's at right now. I read Sons of Jacob, and if I think they're not that good, I'm not saying that I do, but I don't have the knowledge of where they were or any of that. So community's really excited about the cards, and then they read the abilities. And I think there's... (laughs) It's almost like, so, you know that I like Zach Bryan, right? Oh, yeah. You like like Zach Bryan.
2: I got my pre-sale tickets today.
0: Oh, did you?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's coming to Birmingham and also going to Knoxville, and I'm going to one of those two shows. Knoxville is in May, so I was like, maybe I can sneak a Chris tournament in. (laughs) (laughs) But um, anyway, so he just released a new album, and the album coming off of his last album, I listened to it the first time through and I was like, man, this sucks. Because I stayed up till like midnight and listened to it. Or it actually came out at like 11 here, Central Time. Listened to it, didn't like it. Listened to it the next morning. And I was like, ah, it's really not that bad. It's just, it wasn't my expectation. So I'm having to change what I expect and, you know, try to receive it in the way that it was created and all of that. And I think as the community, we're going to have to do that a little bit with this set because. GOC, you said it was in your face. It, it jumped off the page. Like, you could read this ability, and you could see, I can take that ability, throw it in that deck, and it will do that. And I feel like a lot of the themes within this and a lot of the power of IR is in the sum of the pieces versus the individual pieces themselves, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's something that has not been the case. Since I've joined the game, when Prophecy of Christ had just came out and we joined the game, it was like, I'm going to grab these few cards and blend it with this, and it's been kind of just the art of the splash this whole time, what you can splash in. Like, people, as you said, disciples were cookie cutters, um, meaning that, like, you can just grab disciples, build a deck, and it'd be a pretty competent, decent-level deck. But people were still able to take Matthew, maybe bart and simon and throw them in other decks well you're probably not grabbing three sons of jacob and throwing them in another deck necessarily unless it's like patriarch you're not grabbing like three i mean maybe you are three random wilderness heroes and throwing them in a deck and them being just super super bonkers you're you're not going to get the super bonkers you might get something that's playable with some other things that pick up the identifier for wilderness but I think a lot of the power level is going to be within the themes themselves, and that's different than we've seen. It almost feels a little bit like that's how Fall of Man was, and people got off of that pretty quick when Prophecy of Christ came out. But again, that's like a a big design shift from Fall of Man to Prophecy of Christ. seems like kind of the training wheels were taking off, or taken off, and there was a lot of... Oh, now I can splash this with that. And you had Unity on stuff in Fall of Man with Flood. You had antediluvians that needed to play within themselves. There wasn't a lot of crazy splash stuff at the time. So that's that's where I read, and I, I have not played a lot of games, so this is at face value. But would you agree that the way that you guys built that was the, the sum of the parts are greater than the individual pieces that make up those themes? Yeah.
2: I think so. Like, I, I, like um, I like tying in little thematic elements and getting little one-two combos and instead of just a, I mean, a <laughs> Resurrection Revealer was the foundation of my Type 2 deck, you know? That, that guy negates neutral. I'm looking at him like, how does he, from a design perspective now, we can't even fit what he does on a card right now. So yeah, everything, you just look at GOC and I just use Resurrection Revealer as an example. But when you get to look at a card and it's like, okay, I can exchange with a certain type or I can grab a broad type of dominance. And then I can also negate neutrals in territory. Like, <laughs> that is very good. It's too much. Like,
0: that's, a, that's a baseball player on steroids hitting home runs.
2: Yep. <laughs> but what happens when that's all people were used to for the last year or two? And all of a sudden you go to this level that's unhealthy to stay at. So you got to be kind of the uh, scapegoat. That's a that's a little. Hey, that's your car. Hey, hey, ah! hey. Yeah. I have to throw it in there. Yeah, there you go. To be and I like I said I I'm not in, a, in some sort of biased way. I don't think the set sucks at all. Um, I do think it's very good. Like Clay having so much quick ways to get to Aaron's staff and have CBN protection all over the place is very good people talking about curses and you have ways to deal with curses in ir sets is good Um, same with negate neutral characters and then how white plays and there's just not there hasn't been any exploring yet they're just looking at it on face value the other thing is a comparison of the largest set that ever comes out comparing it to a 129 like that's that's not really realistic to compare those two. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a lot. I mean, the same thing with Orange. Like, Orange came out in GOC. It's underwhelming. I had a lot of say in Orange, too. Like, I had a lot of influence there. But when Orange came out, it just wasn't as in-your-face. And sure enough, uh, Jaden abused it all over the place. And, and in Type 2, we were talking about not even playing with it because it was too good in Type 2. This year at Nats. Um it took a while for people to understand Orange and how it how it plays. So I think we'll be okay. Um I think it's a very good set. I can't wait to see the decks that come out of it. Yeah.
1: Um I do think I, I remember when GOC was coming out, uh, and the what we had to compare to primarily was POC and LOC. And when GOC came out, it was like I was sitting there looking at these cards like, what is going on <laughs> these cards are so stinking strong like um just individually like you read the card it's like wow just like you said with resurrection revealer or whatever else but one thing i uh I, I recognize right off the bat just reading israel's rebellion um because this is something i saw a lot at nats when i was playing the goc decks is there's not nearly as much like um cvp like cannot be prevented or. Uh, CBN or CBI as in other sets which I'm okay with because when I played against the Thieves Demon defense everything was CBP I was like like there's no point in trying to prevent cards because everything's going to go off (laughs) you know like Moses Cloud of Witness Moses is just like obsolete now because everything was CBP it felt like or CBN Um, so I think like, looking at these cards, it seems like there's a lot more balance. Like, hey, uh, if it has CVP, it's probably not quite as strong. Uh, if it doesn't, then it's probably got a stronger ability, and I think that's that's definitely the way to do it. It's it's a little frustrating when you can't use your card. If somebody, like, negates it beforehand, you can't use it. But as far as a balance in the game, offense to defense, I do think that's a lot better. Like, all the Harrods, everything Harrods did yeah. was, like, CVP. It's like
0: every every one of them, dude.
1: <laughs> I was like, man, like, what the world? Like, every single one of them, like, you couldn't just do like one or two. It was like all of them. So,
0: well, there is, there is Herod the Great. He CBN. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, he can, that was,
0: he's not CBP you know. if that makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. I doubt it does because I'm activating Herod's temple. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you didn't even need Humble. Like, Humble was. Humble was obsolete last tournament season because it was just, you. You didn't need it. That was just kind of my my initial like look at it. But I, I really like as I was reading through the abilities uh, on the cards, I really liked. I really like reading them, and I th- I thought that um, if I was playing just like a IR versus IR, like an IR only, I think it would be really fun. Like the LOC only. I don't. Did we ever do GOC only turn in tournaments? Was that
0: a thing? I think it, I think it was offered. We, we haven't played it. That, yeah. I, I, you know, I mean, not that you play it. played a, a lot this <laughs> There was some season. online stuff. But, yeah, it wasn't as popular and big as LOC only. I feel like that one was pushed a little bit more at tournaments around yeah. here and stuff.
1: Especially on the Zoom tournaments. I remember that. But, like, if I was playing hour yeah. only, I would get, like, really excited about that because they're so thematic and just the way they play, I feel like it'd be a really good balance. So, but yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll see if, uh, you know, we, we may get like four or five people in a tournament to say, hey, you guys play more GOC, four or five people to play IR and just kind of see how it goes, something like that, just to kind of like experiment and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I think another thing to keep in mind too is that with uh, the power level of it being unlocked by playing themes, it makes the set it makes a set not just more balanced among itself or, or whatever, but it also makes it easier for a new player to come in. We've already said that the borders are kind of the same color for the themes. They come in. All right, well, I've got IR. I'm grabbing all my blue stuff, putting it together. I'm grabbing my white stuff, my brown stuff. You start just putting the borders together, and you start building out A theme and it helps them know which cards go with which theme. And then as they put those cards together, because they look the same, now they play them together and they unlock kind of the potential of the theme. I mean, in the competitive scene, we've seen the last few years where you're splashing a lot of things. Let's just be honest the players that are really good are the ones that know how to splash things and make things work, even if they're not supposed to work together. And then the ones that are kind of mid level or that next tier down are the ones that struggle with they they look at a card like Solomon's Dream when Loc came out, every deck that was competitive was running Solomon's Dream. And then you had a few players that were like, you know, newer to the game or just not as advanced competitively. Say, Well, how do you use this if I'm using a non LOC deck? Well, you just You make it work. There's a way to make it work. There's at least a couple of characters you can split in with any theme and make it work and splash it. The Emmaus Road and Delivered. You know about Delivered, Tyler? Come on, baby. I was going
2: to (laughs) enter. Yeah, cut in. Delivered in every deck.
0: Force Delivered. And, you know, there's some players that are like, well, how do I make this work? And then there's players that I don't care about the rules. Throw the rules out. I'm making this work. It's almost like uh, I redid that you know, the art of the deal cover with Jay Chambers a while back and shared the art of the splash with Jay Chambers because it's all about how can you make this theme work with this theme with this card because you were wanting to get the strongest individual cards. And now this set is built on kind of flipping that. Missy Elliott would say flip it and reverse it, you know what I mean? (laughs) But you're looking at it a different way and you've got to build those themes to get, get it unlocked. Like sons of Jacob, it this came up the other day on Discord, and I'm not talking about the specific conversation in detail, but there was some opinions that some of the sons of Jacob kind of stink. Sure, I look at them at face value, and there's a couple I wouldn't even put in the deck if I was starting to build it, probably, and I would you know use cards that are already existing in the card pool to offset that. But that doesn't mean that as a as a theme they're bad. If you play that theme those cards have a role to fill in that or they they work with some one or two card combos that you were talking about little quick lines of play something that's not big setup for this big payoff it's just this card with this card works really well together i mean getting out um who's the who's the one is it zebulun that okay uh you may draw two while alone restrict opponent from playing enhancements on evil characters with screen x or greater okay they, they go through their turn, they get down to eight. Think about all the characters that have eight uh, toughness that people are playing right now. High Priest Ananias, I can't play enhancements? Well, neither can you. Okay, something simple like that. That Okay, if you don't want to use that, don't use that. But if you play the ability and then you get to, to manipulate the hand and they're underdecking this evil card from hand or from territory to, or I'm getting this benefit, so you're either getting the benefit or you're weakening your opponent. And then if everything is built to do that theme, not splash that theme, but you're using Joseph's house, um, you can even use, uh, what is it, Pharaoh's throne room or something like yeah. that. I mean, you can you can force them to get less cards in hand, and then you have a, a few characters that also draw to help you. You go in, draw. You know, you can use Sad Hendrix if you want. Potentially <laughs> draw one, ban to a patriarch. Guess what? They're all patriarchs. So it's, it's just like you've got to build into the theme, and then you could add, I know we've talked about this, Tyler, you've got Gad that manipulates their hand, territory class. You can't use Sad Hendrix with him because he's Unity, I believe. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, you guys did, did do that to me, but you have the option to uh, pair that with Demons. You know, you were just talking about Jaden unlocking the power of Orange there from GOC. Use orange, use the fallen star. Now I've got two things that manipulate your hand in territory. And also I'm manipulating your hand with every time I come into battle with someone, there's a bunch of blue mass banding enhancements. I band them all in. You get rid of a card or I get a benefit, get rid of a card. I get a benefit. And then if they put protection on that, you just automatically get the benefit. And so if you play that theme and then you get to play the dominant at the right time out of their hand, get rid of that evil enhancement that they were sitting on they probably only have one at the at the opportune time for you to play that you play it you win the battle you win the game a lot of times i would assume that you're playing that kind of going for that last rescue when you've manipulated their hand a good bit but you play into the theme you kind of unlock lines of play that build into that and this conversation was happening and it's like at face value this isn't going to run with goc well if you build the theme and then you play a game against a goc infused deck see how that goes first because if you start manipulating a hand or kind of if you withstand a early push from goc decks i feel like they don't have the best backbone um, because everything is built for so much speed up front and guess what this set is all about wilderness and withstanding things and suffering through and just kind of existing long enough to then get your play. Granted out. I mean, that, that seems like a, a thematic way to answer, you know, somebody that's trying to come out early and, and play big and get to their five as quick as possible, if you can slow them down and then do something. And I'm not just saying using blue as an example because I like playing blue, but this was one of the ones that came up, and I think people look at the Sons of Jacob and hear, the hey, they were really strong. We toned them down. This is where they are. And then they read the cards, and they're like, they're really not that strong, but when you play them all together, I would imagine that it kind of unlocks those abilities.
2: So when, I mean, I did play, I agree with you. When I played Jeremy and Josh, like I went up against their national decks um, with my wilderness deck, and I beat Josh 5-1, and he brought up a great point. He was like, yeah, I mean, there was, there was nothing I was going to do against you. His offense was built to Ban to other GOC offenses. He's like, I was supposed to take your heroes and gain use all their stuff too, and put you in weird situations. Just the fact that it's an Old Testament offense makes it strong against GOC. Uh, So that was that was big. And then Jeremy and I, I mean, great game back and forth, and and he just ran out. So this whole like, oh yeah, milling isn't good. he ran out of it like he just didn't have enough, and I just walked in at the end five four. It was a long game, but at the same time, I was in control of the game. And those are two phenomenal players with both their national decks that were GOC, and I won. So I don't know that when you, when you hear IR isn't as strong, but they beat two top players that got what second and third at Nats. It's kind of hard to argue.
0: That's another thing too. Is like. The way that they play, you're talking about taking Jeremy down to the wire there and then just walking in at the end. How many games do we see to where you get to the end of the game, but one person is just out of resources? Like, we get a lot of games that go to time, but that's due to potential slow playing, not not calling any names. But there's some slow playing within the community. (laughs) Um and on this podcast, hey, whoa, whoa, <laughs> I'm I'm not throwing darts, man. I'm,
1: I'm sorry he said that about you, John. I'm, I just can't believe. <laughs> yeah, like, the host. yeah, okay.
0: But the point is, like, when we get the timeout, you're not going around and looking at a game that's been super highly competitive to where, like, one player is about out of resources. Generally, they're usually kind of a balanced, and it's you you know what I mean. Like to where yep. you you go and you have a certain expectation of how this game is going to go. A lot of people build their decks for, all right, ideal scenario, I'm winning in three turns. These are my rescues. These are my blocks I want to get to. And then you have the more advanced players that are like, later in the game, this is a line of play. I could get to a block for my reserve. This is a line of play if I'm in this situation. But there's not a lot of those games that are that are going, going the distance. And, like, it's just one deck wearing the other deck out. I think that's kind of how um, Joe Powell, Joseph Powell. Yeah. uh, That's how he was playing with um, Samaritan's New Testament gold and thieves was he was just trying to wear you down throughout the game. And then eventually, like, he just overpowers you because he's got such strong individual character value within those themes. And then their enhancements are strong. But he's not doing anything that's, like, super crazy blitzing out to this Super fast thing. He's just playing good, solid amounts of cards on both good and evil side and making you play a game in a way that you're uncomfortable with. My favorite mechanic in the game is toss. And the reason is every time that we get in a toss scenario with, within a game, you know, like me and my opponent, a lot of times they're asking me questions of how toss works. I've got it down pat because I've been doing it for so long. But it makes people play uncomfortable, makes them play on edge because they don't see that enough to be really comfortable with it. And then Wilderness, is it seems like a style of, or you know, it, like this this set seems to be kind of ingrained with that same thought of it's kind of, it's not necessary, necessary resource denial, which, I mean, you have elements of that, you know, like rain becomes dust. You're not letting them get those resources. But a lot of them is just, okay, I'm going to either, like with Sons of Jacob, pose an option for you to give up a resource or give me this benefit. But wilderness has also got a little bit of potential meal uh, built into it or just like I'm going to let you burn a resource and then I'm going to add to battle. And then I'm still going to get the rescue, but I'm making you burn those things. And then I can do that twice. And then I can reset with 40 years basically to where – it resets the game for you and I'm ready to rock and roll and you've already burned your non-renewable resources, so to speak. So it just seems like it's going to make people play a different type of game than they've been used to with all of the speed and splash of the last few years. To quote my boy Brad here, he's uh, he's going to make people um, not really have an answer to a lot of things and try to pose enough. What is it you always say? Like, You want to make it to where anytime they do something, you're either getting a benefit or you're taking advantage of it, and that's why you're a grindy player. And that's why this is kind of a set built for you is you can set those elements up within these themes to where it's like you do that, all right, I'm going to do this, and somehow it's going to benefit me in the end. It might take a little while, but you're going to burn through your resources, and I'm still going to be standing here.
2: Dang, mic drop? I, th- I thought
0: Brad <laughs> I thought we were going to get a response. That. Brad's just like, yep. Yep, I, I yep, mean, that's it. <laughs> that's, that's how I roll.
1: I mean, you are the one talking about, you know, every time they... What was, what was that demon that goes out there and shuffles a card in your hand every time you search or, you know, negate neutral? It's kind of all the same thing.
0: Oh, uh, Fallen Star, if you search, they... you have to get rid of a random card from hand so
1: you search but then you gotta get rid of a card that type of thing yeah goshen you're tossing everything it's all kind of the same just different right uh ending but it's kind of the same thing
0: i would say that like the way that goc wins it seems like is really favorable to getting dominance early pushing and generating resources as fast as possible and obviously you want to do that with any deck that you build right now to be competitive. I mean, you have to try to at least make sure you're keeping pace. But it seems like this is the Virginia of college basketball possibly to where you're trying to slow the game down just a bit and then get someone uncomfortable and you're playing less possessions or whatever and eating the clock up type of thing. And uh, at the end of it, you're going to be sitting there, right, Tyler, and beating Jeremy (laughs) (laughs) after he goes undefeated in Type One. (laughs) Yep. So I I definitely think that there's potential for the themes to be better than individual card value. Although I will say at this point, I do agree with people that might have the assessment that individual card value is drastically lower than GOC. But that's obviously, like you said earlier, that's to be expected. GOC is the strongest set that the games had probably uh, much akin to like when Warriors first came out and was kind of crazy on the power level and whatever, but included in IR, obviously you've got ultra rares. You've also got some player created cards from the winners of nationals last year. I won't say that we have to go in any particular order, but you see which one's up there first on the outline here, (laughs) but you've got, Four of them in this set, and that's Eliezer of Damascus, which was created by uh, yours truly. You've got Righteous Seeker, which was created by Mr. Josh Kinnett. Wandering Israelites, that is the card from Jeremy Chambers. I'm a little disappointed we didn't get a a, a chicken squeezed into the frame somewhere, <laughs> but that, I guess it'll be okay. And then Bearing Grudges is a card from Josh Potratz. So you have had a hand in seeing these cards throughout the development of Israel's rebellion. You've seen various changes to them. You see how they ended up now. Which card? Uh, which ones? Which ones went through the most work to to settle on where they are? Are changes from the initial? You know whatever. Like obviously my card went through. I went through like three different cards before I submitted one. But once you got you guys got the submissions. Which ones did you guys have to work on the most to get it to where it's at now?
2: Um, yeah, it was yours. Um, <laughs>
0: I knew that.
2: <laughs> the strength wasn't always zero; it was one, right? Because he was the um, one of the two sons, and he was the first son. Is that correct?
0: No, so I actually had it one in ten because most Bible scholars believe this is the guy from Genesis twenty-four that took 10 camels and went to find a wife for Isaac. So it was one man with 10.
2: Okay. Yeah, because I remember, I wasn't sure if his draw was always the exact same. You had him banding to a Genesis hero and then his numbers were different. So he had the most change. Um, bearing grudges always had some sort of tie to it. Oh, it was a one for one. So I got to discard my hero And if I did, then I got to discard your hero or banish it if an OT curse was in play. And finally, it was like, I was like, "This? Why do I have to discard my own hero for this? This is so simple. Like, it's a territory class killer. Like, why don't we just keep the banish and it's just discard a hero?" We're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's better. Um, Yeah, that 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 does sound much better. (laughs) Yeah, and it was simpler too. Like, I don't need to discard mine to discard yours. Like, just it's a territory class kill." Righteous Seeker, that was always the same. Um, wandering Israelites, Jeremy cheated a little bit, I hoped. He, uh, he asked what like the theme was, and then asked if the exchange was okay. I was like, I, yeah, I, I think so. Um, I think all we did was just say, you may draw one and exchange. It was a, you may draw one, you may exchange. Then it went from, uh, just draw one and exchange. <clears throat> I think that was it. So, yours had the most change. Um, and then both brown cards were minimal change.
0: So I guess you've got two that's in one theme, being the brown on um, the enhancement and the evil character there. Then you have Righteous Seeker. That's white. So you can throw it in white, anything, and it kind of works with anything because it just bands to a hero. And then yeah. you've got blue here. So all of these cards are playable within the set, but then potentially could see play outside of that because um, even I guess type two and I think that's where uh, uh, Jeremy was working with his card. So you get to come in, draw one exchange this card with an evil wilderness human. And I think he was worried about whether you guys were going to allow it to be another generic or it had to be a specific, like a, a, a specific one or something. Yeah. Cause I guess you can loop that four times and do the four activation Mm-hmm. in type two if you want to get a draw four so i guess he he beats me i get a draw three on my card potentially if if conditions are met he gets a draw four Yep. in type two so whatever but then you have righteous seeker that just bands to a hero that's a phenomenal card for booster draft and i mean from josh can what do you expect right yeah and yep. to be able to grab it with uh music leader involves music it's got a couple of identifiers that help it out there. So seems like within the within the limitations that we had of mono brigade, no modifiers. It has to be a character or an enhancement. Can't be, you know, artifacts, neutral cards, lost souls, anything like that. Just characters or enhancements. Seems like we settled on uh what we've seen here, four of the winners. Is Jaden the only one that is not? Yeah. So and and I guess we'll be seeing it. I heard a rumor we'll be seeing his card actually as a brand new card in the root set. So I, don't I don't know. I don't know if that's something uh, <laughs> that is in concrete, but uh I did hear that. How would you how would you rate these cards on uh playtesting? Which which has got the the most burn? Right, I mean,
2: Righteous Seeker didn't get a lot of playtesting because we were trying to we were worried about that broad of an ability on a hero, but we just couldn't, you don't say, (laughs) yeah, yeah, and we just couldn't, find, ways to, break them, um, wandering Israelites, I was always concerned about, just because it was, the draw one, and the exchange, for type two, um, but I've said it before, with wilderness, that, I mean, I don't know, yeah, we can go back to wilderness, because it's an established, identifier, Really, we're going to hit Wilderness and go from there. So it was like, uh, you know what? That's a really good card. And yours is the the missing link in some bands that just make it go a bit crazy. So had Whoa. to change yours up.
0: Yeah, well, it's also a, a, a decent band because I, I noticed that, obviously, I don't have any identifier. It doesn't look as cool as Righteous Seeker there with the generic, what is that, generic, symbolic, and then involves yeah. music but mine is Genesis 12 through 24 for you guys that might play blue. So cloud of witness, Abraham can search him out and then band him. And then he can band any Patriarch and there might be a, a Patriarch in roots. That's worth, uh, that that's worth banding to. I'm hoping. Hopefully. Cause I, I bought that Jacob, the wrestler card at nationals, the playtest card. So fingers crossed that's in there. Yeah. Um, but Moving on to the Ultra Rares, and this is where I I would imagine that these cards were three of the more fun cards to use and build around. Especially like Moses, there's so many ways to get Moses turn one and then he can go and grab an enhancement so he can set up and enable something quick and early. Um, now what you choose to set up and enable, who knows? I mean, I guess that's up to the deck builder in which direction you want to take the deck. 40 years seems really fun being able to okay, basically it's a this is this card has a lot of a, a Jared feel, if you will. Choose who you're going to protect, hero and evil character, and then underdeck everything else. And it's like I mean, I guess this leave fortresses out, but underdeck characters and all artifacts, which would include curses and covenants, which are probably going to be prevalent in the set. This is a uh dual alignment ultra rare here. So good and evil. And then Israel's Rebellion is take a curse from a deck reserve. You can discard your evil wilderness human in battle to shuffle all, all souls. So this plays into that deck you were talking about here in the early part of the podcast with hide the souls. But these look like super fun cards to use. So first, how fun were they to design, create, and then play test? And then what do you think their impact and usage is going to be? with the set do you think people are going to get off of some of those staple dominants to create spaces for these dominants since two of them's dominants and then how do you see moses getting used because with all the new ways to moses too that's added with what we already have seems like people could go to cloud of witness moses to try to shut things down and do you think this one's better
2: yeah this moses is really 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 good um i i do like mount sinai I like how easy it is to get, and I like Cloud Moses with Mount Sinai working together to where I can still generate resources on my own with Cloud Moses out. Um, There's a lot of different builds. Uh, You're going to see, I think you're going to see the Plague version as well. So you got Friend of God with a Plague deck because there's some missing pieces that I feel like a Plague offense needed that came out. Um, So I think we're definitely going to push into a moses meta where there's a lot of different builds for moses how quickly you can get them out and what you can do and which way you go uh this moses from ir is a beast um like jacob follower of god gets a genesis enhancement advanced to a genesis here or patriarch or a mikiro and this is very similar but it's more broad so the enhancements he can get out you, he's only going to get better as for Israel's Rebellion, anytime you can grab a resource and have a chump block, it's going to be played. Uh, chump blocks have always been played throughout history of redemption. Just being able to also grab that curse is huge. So I still think you could have your six dominance and then throw this one in and have your your block and be good. Um, forty years is phenomenal. I don't think I think people know it's good. I don't think they realize just how good it is. The potential of when you can use it on offense and defense, like that flexibility is insane, especially if you're running both wilderness on offense defense. Um they come at you with a band on either they block you with the band or they rescue with the band. I have forty years, like all but potentially one of your guys are gone. So all characters, all artifacts, it's a big swap, and the way Wilderness is built is it can recover. So I do think you're going to see 40 Years and Israel's Rebellion Index. I don't know how much you see of them together, but I do think um, they're ultra rare for a reason. They're very good.
0: Now, Brad, first of all, you can tell me what you think of these ultra rares, but then I I kind of have a question about whether or not you're going to find use for this Moses in your music deck, your music Ruth deck, because he does have the identifier for you. Uh, he's a musician, and now he's a CBN. You can take an OT green or white enhancement from deck, may ban to wilderness. You might not use, but I mean, it's kind of like another David search, but. Maybe not quite as good because you're not going to get initiative as much, but it gives you a little splash of green while keeping the white. You could force delivered if you wanted. Just, just saying. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, well, speaking of delivered, now that you mentioned again, I didn't see it the entire tournament, uh, nationals tournament. Not one time did somebody play delivered, but uh, while well, against me at least. But that's uh, that's a side thought. Yeah, this Moses looks. Really, like, I was trying to think of all the cards that I would want to grab with him. I'm um, having a hard time. I really have to, like, dig through and go back, see everything. But, uh, yeah, he's I mean, he's kind of like a, a he's kind of like David in, in the way that he can grab what he needs and band. But he can band to a non-meek. So that's a lot better. Yeah. So you start with maybe Righteous Seeker. It uh, starts off the band. And then maybe band to somebody that can band to Moses Moses bands. you're gonna have a big band in there, and uh, yeah I mean i can't if I can't see me not playing him this tournament season as of now <laughs>
0: in there some deck. <laughs> I can see the wheels turning for you, so how can I make him grind here <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i'm I'm super super big on like the fact that he gets to grab some cool different enhancements. And then just opening it up, what he can grab. We've already heard uh, on the our scene on the Discord. He can go and grab numerous, but is that the biggest payoff? I think uh, Josh Potratz was asking, is that the biggest payoff you can get from going turn one Moses? And then, like, what else could you do? And it's it's like, this card, if you play it, you could put your own spin on what it does. It enables you to get creative with it. And maybe that makes it a little bit more splashable than some of the other cards within the set. I know we were talking earlier about how you're not gonna get a lot of crazy broken splashable things, but I mean you know this is this is one that you could see in a couple of different deck builds, and I know that tyler's Tyler's motto for this deck building season, I guess if you have the main playing tournament season, this would be the deck building season where people are learning cards and building decks. It seems like your motto is there's a lot of different varieties of builds and it's like every theme has that. And I mean, you know, we were talking earlier about a Genesis deck that I, that I built that I just threw together and it's, it's nothing, nothing that I've seen anybody else talking about. Not that I think it's super good, but it's just one way you can take it. And it seems like with this Moses, there's a hundred different ways you could take it if you wanted to go that way. Not to mention and this is another thing, and I don't know that I don't know that anyone has thought about this in great detail, but interrupt the battle with transfiguration, go and get Moses. Hey, there's Moses. And then he can go and grab a different resource and then start a band to a wilderness hero and so you could technically throw that in if you, you splash the right colors. You know, again forcing the splash because we talked about earlier how this set doesn't lend itself so freely to that so you'd have to force it but that'd be a kind of a cool thing.
2: Yeah Clay Green already goes so well together you can grab Moses and then you get Elijah and all of a sudden you got got Clay Green right there I mean it's really easy to slam Mo- or Matthew and everything attack with Matthew and hope to get Transfiguration turn one and then you're going into an Elijah and a Moses and then Moses is grabbing whatever else you need
0: yeah just the, the doors wide open on it. Mm-hmm. So, Brad, what do you think about these other these other two ultra rares, the Dominants? They seem to be more akin to your, your play style of being able to uh, manipulate your opponent and get you a free chump block while grabbing a resource or, hey, we're going to uh, reset the game a little bit. You're not big on reset. I don't think I've ever seen you play A New Beginning or anything, but you have been around it enough. I've played it enough on you. So you see the impacts of it. And then if you're building a wilderness offense, I mean, I could see, I could see you enjoying that card. So what are your thoughts on those two?
1: Yeah. The only time I really played like a reset deck was when everybody was playing widow and you had to try to spam three nails in there as best you can try to have like 10 ways to three nails. Um, <laughs> Cause otherwise it was like game over. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can't, I, honestly that's one of them cards i would just have to stick it in there and play it like like i don't know how it would play out i'll just have to use it a few times and see if it's something that i could really um take advantage of fully especially with the unity uh it might be a little bit easier to have unity on uh the, the evil side i would think because you could just probably have like one evil character down play it but uh yeah, and then the other ones, like you said, I mean, taking a curse from deck. I was trying to think of, like, what's the best curse to take for an immediate, like, battle winner. You know, obviously there's some that you could use later on. But, you know, if, if you're using this in battle, uh, for instance, well, let's see. I guess it's on uh, your opponent's turn. So, I mean, you could pick up, like, a blindness or something to try to put down next turn. But I would I would think that you would probably want something in battle immediately. So I was trying to think of something like that. But I just hadn't really looked at the cards yet, so I don't know.
0: Yeah, but think about this. When's the last time you looked at Curses as something you want to have an immediate battle winner off of? Or potential to win a battle off of?
1: Uh, never, except for <laughs> like pagan sailors. Okay. You know, somebody like that is going to...
0: You're having to open it up and, and kind of explore it a different way off of this cool ultra rare that's in uh, IR, which is really cool. And I think the, obviously, it's the namesake of the game. It was going to be an ultra rare, but I think people probably could have guessed Moses uh, being an ultra rare. But that's the one I don't think people would have thought immediately. Um, being that he's in the starter deck, we've already got a couple of versions of Moses. We just had one in GOC. Here we go. Moses is now catching up to David in <laughs> and maybe i i don't know in rotation it might it might have david beat i think there's probably more because you get the legacy rare you've got the goc you've got cloud of witness you've got this one it might it might beat david in rotation
2: that's a good trivia
0: that is a good trivia someone do the research cuz we will not <laughs> but i guess we'll get ready to wrap up this episode definitely want to thank you guys for listening along and want to thank Tyler for joining and kind of giving us a, a little bit of his opinion on the set and, you know, trying to let us know that the set is not necessarily watered down, it's just toned down. I guess that's a fair way to put it, right, Tyler? <laughs> yeah, I'm good with it. <laughs> but I do, uh, I do really, really think that people are going to enjoy the themes once they start playing with them because it seems like. There is power within the the set. It's just unlocked by playing the themes, which is you know, a fun way to to have to deck build coming off of so much splash the last few years. And that's what we always talk about as players. We always share our opinions, and it's always like, well, I want to not have to play this deck this way in order to be competitive. Okay, well, now play it however you want, or if you're going to use the new set and find the power level within it, you're going to have to play in the themes which is different than we've had to do the last few years. So that's cool. But thank you guys for uh for joining here. Brad, co host, thank you for doing your duty. I guess we'll send you your paycheck this week. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and just a reminder that the Lackey Grand Prix signups are open until September third. And then Him's House of Highlights, hosted by Jared, is going to be running every other Friday. And I believe the next one is going to be this Friday. So reach out to Jared. Fill his inbox with your questions. Let him know you're going to sign up. It should be a fun time. And if you're not even playing, if you've just got a few minutes, you can always hop in there. There's a a channel for, you know, just conversation, hanging out. Kind of cool to be able to talk with other people in the community that you don't get to see all the time. But that is that. And I think for the second time recording this episode, we might be done. (laughs) so we're going to piece it out there and we'll catch you guys next time peace all right guys that's going to do it for this episode of the threshing floor podcast definitely want to thank you guys for tagging along listening to us talk about our early impressions of the set hey reach out let us know what you think about the set get in discord let's start the conversation let's talk about all these new cards coming into the card pool definitely want to thank tyler for coming on and talking to us a little bit about it as well kind of seeing a little bit from his side being involved with the design and want to remind you to check out him's house of highlights sign up for the next tournament there hopefully happening this friday and then also we have lackey grand prix signups open until september 3rd so get out there build some decks play the game share it with You know, whoever you meet, new starter decks. It's a great time to have people jumping into the game. So get out there and mix it up. Peace.